Well, hello again. Hello again. So we meet again. As we do every week. In the barrage. The barrage. Your parents' basement, which is now quickly turning into a home studio, Dan. There's a lot of uh, new items. There's, lo- there's a lot of gear in here. It's, impre- it's impressive. It's impressive. It's coming along. I wish Johnny Sweeves could come by, our old uh, studio host. I think he'd be impressed with your work. You know, I tried to get him to come by early on to sort of help me out, mm-hmm. and uh, it just never happened. I figured it out, John. I'll have you know. Bone to pick with that fucker. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast much. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. He's a very Son hard worker. He's always busy. I called that guy the other day no, on Monday afternoon. Haven't heard from him since, man. That's a bummer. Very unlike Johnny. It is a bummer. You know, he was supposed to come to my brother's uh, wedding thing that was on Sunday, and he didn't come to that either. I heard your brother <laughs> is going to be a uh, dad. Is that true? It could be true. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know what's so covert about your brother. I mean, like, y- you'd think that guy's a secret agent. Yes, it's true. I am going to be an uncle. Wow. <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. Uncle Dan. Uncle Dan sounds like a good uncle name. The best part about it is, I mean, it's it's up there with Lieutenant Dan. Mm-hmm. Best part about it is, when I'm Uncle Dan, I can just hand the kid back. Oh, yeah. It's the best. I, I would assume I am not an uncle, but I imagine it's just the shit. Uncle Chris. Uncle Chris. Yeah. That's wild. Uncle Nutso's Garage. Uncle Nutso. <laughs> uncle Nutso's Funhouse. Uh, which is a reference to UHF. Absolutely. No one's ever seen that, which is a masterpiece. Weird Al's movie. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favor and go watch it. Probably it's Probably one of the most underrated comedies of all time. I agree. I agree. It's absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant. It's. I mean, it's dated, but for its time, it. I mean, it still holds yeah. up. It's funny. And a lot of famous people came from that. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Kramer. Michael Richards. Yeah. Yeah, became a comic sensation before his issues with the N word. The, the black audience. Man, that was crazy. That was super crazy. Really weird too, because I think it was a bit. I don't think it was an attack, but I think it was a bit that he just. It, just, I th- it didn't work, and it went too far. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think I think he thought like he was going to get a big comedy pop with that. Like, well, he's getting crazy and telling people how it is, but that's not what happened. And what's amazing, and I'm not sure which side I'd rather be on, is that we actually saw him perform live. We did. We did at the uh, same place, I think, where the, the incident went down. I don't remember which one it was. But we com- weren't at the incident. We were not at that incident. Yeah. And he was, honestly, he was funny. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't great, He went for a comedic pop trying to break the chair on stage at the end, and he did it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that I would have rather seen the bit where he fell apart and got in a lot of trouble Uh or or not. Like, I kind of wish I had seen it, but I kind of am glad I didn't. (laughs) It just sounds so uncomfortable. It's kind of depressing. Yeah, it just is. I don't like uncomfortable stuff like that. Like, you know, like, I don't... You know, either suck or be great, but it's uncomfortable that's just the worst, you know? I can remember being a little kid, like, in a school assembly, and just somebody did something uncomfortable. Maybe it was even, like, a routine that bombed. I'm just making something up, but they got a bunch of bodybuilders to, like, rip up. Phone books. Phone books and <laughs> shit like that, you know? Like, say yeah. no to drugs, you know? And just, you just feel uncomfortable for them. I have no so, idea how we <laughs> got here. Well, congratulations on being an uncle. Thank you, I, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's great. We got we got some time yet, so. Good. Good, good, good. Well, shit, Dan, what the hell's going on in the world these days, man? Uh, I'm fried. Long day. Long day living in Reseda. <laughs> I we are all that. in some way or another going to Reseda mm-hmm. someday to die. It's a long day living in Reseda. Oh, see, you went Tom Petty. I went Soul Coughing. Uh, what's, soul, what's Soul Coughing? What Soul Coughing song is well, that? Yeah. It's, uh, Jesus, I can't remember the title of it. It's Screenwriters Blues. Hmm. It's all about L.A. I thought they only had two songs. 
they, about they only have two songs that you know. That's true. I love both those <laughs> they songs. They have many though. records that I enjoy. Yeah. You know the, the lead guy from that band, M. Doughty? Uh-huh. Uh, he toured with uh, Weedus last time. Weedus was over in the U.K. I don't know if I he know, did, did all the dates, but he that. did a bunch of dates with them. I know. Um, cool. I, I don't know if Gerard's still even playing with Weedus. Their keyboard player at the time that we toured with them used to tech for Soul Coughing back oh, in the day in New York. Maybe so, that was a connection. So yeah, it must have been. Well, I mean, they're both New York dudes, uh, Brandon and, and my, M. Doughty, Mike mm-hmm. Doughty. So I totally picked his brain one night about just the whole soul coughing scene. And it yeah. was kind of surprising. He was like, man, it was really indie, and you really had to kind of know about it before they kind of blew up, which uh-huh. took a while. And I had their first record, Ruby Room, when I was in high school. So this yeah. was way before they exploded, thanks to Robin Todd, who turned Jeff onto that, consequently, to me. Um, but apparently, like, it was really, like, inside, this whole mm-hmm. underground New York soul coughing thing that happened. Uh-huh. I, just, I didn't know. Now, if you're listening to this wondering, what the fuck are they talking about? We're talking about a band called Soul Coffee. We don't know either. Whose uh, uh, big hit was uh, Super Bomb Bomb. Is that right? I, think circles, I think circles was bigger. Circles? It was like a little a, more mainstream. Yeah, very very uh, ahead of their time in a lot of ways. Um, did a lot of experimental stuff, but very yeah. catchy and hooky, too. They were, they were doing computer sampling like way back in the 90s Real when you had to have weird. like a computer on your desk to do They'd it. They'd probably be huge now, basically. And they had some hits. They did I mean, pretty, No, they, yeah. they did well. I don't think they were as big as they should have been. What's their best record? Is there one that you would recommend to someone if they've never heard Soul Coughing that you're like, yo, that's the one you got to check out? Uh, Ruby Room is really still pretty good. They got more polished and they got a little more produced as they mm-hmm. went along. Um, you know, Eloso is very good. I think that has circles on it. Um, what is the other type? Uh, the one with Super Bon Bon, which I'm blanking on the album title right now, is also excellent. Okay. Excellent. They're just they're a good band. Check ever, them out. Yeah. Did you ever listen to his solo stuff much? The Lee guy. I did. When I was working at Saul's, he put a few things out, so I would throw it on. You know, on the on the jukebox occasionally. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that. I didn't give it a full fair shake. I listened to it a few times and went, this isn't Soul Coughing, I'm not interested, which I know isn't fair to him. And there was some good stuff on there, but I I also heard that he kind of is one of those guys that wanted to sort of like, okay, I'm not in Soul Coughing anymore. I'm in doubt. I'm doing my own thing. And didn't uh-huh. want to like, like Ringo won't sign autographs anymore because, you know, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm past it, which I guess I get, but man, that's why people love you. You know, mm. you should embrace that. Yeah. yeah very interesting point. Um. Well, we had a nice tr- transition for tonight's topic, mentioning Ringo. But before we get there, Dan, <laughs> uh, let's do our rays of the week. Is there anything that you're rocking or watching or listening to or doing that you want people to know about or they should know about? Uh, well, we covered Making a Murderer already. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, the response on that was fantastic. Was fantastic. Thank you, everybody yeah, that wrote in so and responded. Much. Yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable, and I think it goes to the whole point of what we talked about of the, of the passion that has risen from people in that show. It shows everywhere. Um, I'm still reading new articles about it like, all the time. Constantly. I just got off the phone with my mom. I was in your driveway talking to my mom for five minutes because she just finished. Oh, it. you she, were that creepy guy in my driveway. I was. Oh I was. wow. Because um, she had just finished it, and you know, when you finish that, <laughs> you, you can't have not to talk to somebody. You about can't it. not call somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but. Great response. Um, we really appreciate everybody that reached out yeah, to us. I was getting you. text messages from people that I didn't even know listened to the podcast. Phil Cody, one of my favorite songwriters, who Hi, I've Phil. mentioned on here multiple times, sent me a text. Man, listen to the podcast. I was talking about making a murderer. I don't think Phil listens to the podcast. I just think he saw it was making a murderer, and people just need to talk about making a yeah, murderer. Anything you can get about that. So with that said, knowing that that's a, a home run topic, obviously if there's any news that breaks in that case, we're all over it. We're, we're cracking the case yeah. again. And the Brendan Dassey uh, response to my letter, which I sent him in jail, uh, we are officially in week one of response time. No so. response yet? No response yet. And like I said, I do, not, still forthcoming I response. do not expect one, but I promised that I would open it here on the air. 
and uh, that is going to be difficult um, to hold true to the promise. But we may have to have emergency pod session. We can but, do it. We can do it. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll let you know if he does right. And uh, as things break, and again, if you have more thoughts on that, I'm always down. Yeah. Tweet us, Facebook us, text us. Let us know what the hell you're thinking about that case because any new theories or anything interesting, we're down to talk about it. Yeah, well, it. we could always have a segment on it. Oh, absolutely. I want justice or justice. at least a new trial or two sure. or something. Have you changed your mind in the past week? Not or? at all. Not at all. I'm still I'm still in the same boat I was. Uh, okay. Which so, is? Which is, I don't know if they did it, but they need new fucking trials. Uh-huh. That's that's where I still firmly stand planted. This Believe. shit will not stand, man. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> cool. So uh, again, we can't. Making a murder is not our rave of the week, but it's anything not. else that you're digging that you like or have seen? I know I talked about the Expanse already. Um, I'm still watching it. I'm catching up. There are six episodes out in total now. I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I know I already mentioned it. Sorry. But it's good. Um, the real rave I want to do this week, though, is for all of you cord cutters. If you, like me, don't have cable, there you might find yourself with a in a dearth of things to watch because <laughs> you don't have cable. There's a cool service I just found out about a couple of weeks ago called Pluto.tv. And they go through and they aggregate all of the streaming online free content. And they put it in a format that sort of looks like a TV guide. So you can kind of quickly go through and see if there's anything... And granted, it's not, I mean, you're not watching ABC. You're not watching all the stuff you would normally watch. However, they do have good documentaries. They do have good science information. And I th- I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's free. Um, Pluto.tv? Yeah, Pluto.tv. It's like a free streaming site, basically? I'm going to pull it up for you and let you look at it. Yeah, yeah basically, well, they, they aggregate all the streaming stuff on the internet and they put it in this sort of like like you're looking at a guide on your if you had a cable box looking at a guide that would be on your cable box and then you can just watch whatever they're showing what's also really nice is that if you have a chromecast they have apps for your your iphone and your android tablet now is it just a tv guide that tells you where to watch it or are you telling me it's it lets you watch it all right here in this window so Mm -hmm. if you could see what i'm looking at which chris i know you can it brings up in your web browser basically a tv guide of stuff that's aggregated from the internet and you can just watch it you click on a channel and you watch it in the browser but you can also chromecast it to your chromecast if you have one if you have this you know the apps installed it's not great i mean it's still streaming like the baseball channel is is the 2014 japanese all-star mlb all-stars versus henshin yomiuri hmm. i'm sure aaron is stoked about that right now so it's not this you know the, the most current thing but it's something, right? Wow. So Pluto TV. I'm actually looking at this as uh, Dan pulled it up, and I, I am telling you, listener, this is not one of these weird uh, Dan Techie things that you should avoid. Um, I would check this out because I'm very it's, fascinated at what I'm seeing. It's pretty cool, yeah. and it's, you know, it's not, again, it's not what they're showing live on television now. Uh-huh. This is streaming content that's available for free on the web, aggregated into one spot so Stuff you can watch it. Stuff they stole off YouTube? YouTube or like, you know, here's the Conan O'Brien channel. It's probably whatever they're showing. I mean, oh, look Jesus. at this. Conan O'Brien, Conan's With favorites, Will Ferrell, a full hour of Will Ferrell on Conan. It's, that sounds amazing. It's pretty incredible. So it, it, I can't imagine that they are streaming copyrighted content that isn't art. So I, I think they're kind of scraping this off other sites. Because okay. if this were like they're capturing this broadcast and rebroadcasting it on the internet, they'd be shut fly. down like in a fucking minute. But this is still... I mean, I've started this about three weeks ago looking at this thing because somebody turned me on to it, and it's still up. It's still good. There's the Jimmy Fallon channel, the Conan O'Brien channel. It's just got all kinds of cool shit. Wow. Check it out. Really interesting. Yeah. PlutoTV.com? Pluto.tv. Pluto. Pluto. Mm-hmm. www.pluto.tv. Yep, and they have apps for oh, phones and awesome, the devices. Man. 
Cool. Well, let's turn off the podcast and watch Pluto.tv. I mean, we have an hour of Will Ferrell on Conan. Yeah. I don't know what else we're going to do. How can you beat an hour of Will Ferrell? You better, <laughs> you better cannot. close that out because I'm just going to stare at all that. Cool. Well, uh, my rave of the week um, is it's not a twofold thing, but there is a new movie that is out on DVD. It is called Pawn Sacrifice. And it's a story of Bobby Fischer, the legendary oh, chess player. God, yeah. And he's played by Tobey Maguire. And it basically covers the uh, famous chess match he had with a man named Boris Spassky, mm. um, who was a Russian, who was the greatest chess player in the world at the time. And, Until and, Kasparov. Yes. And then uh, essentially uh, Bobby Fischer beat him, became a world chess champion, and basically lost his mind. And disappeared. Yeah, Bobby Fischer was a nutcase. He had a lot, a lot of mental issues. The whole idea of being a true genius in one thing makes you messed up socially. I mean, he was an absolute mess. Um, but the movie Pawn Sacrifice basically is a movie that is made and influenced by a documentary. Interesting. A documentary. It was an HBO documentary that came on, I'd say, about two years ago now. And the documentary is called Bobby Fischer vs. the World. I, I think I watched that. Bobby Fischer vs. the World is a tremendously well-done, epic documentary on the life of Bobby Fischer. Uh, this chess master. If you don't know anything about him and you hate chess or you don't play chess or you don't like chess or you don't know chess. It's going to put you to sleep. No, 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 no. The exact <laughs> opposite. I don't play chess and I don't know much about chess, but the documentary is fascinating. One of those special ones that's really well done where they just show you this guy's life and his how he basically fell apart. I mean, it takes you from him being born and the focus of it, though, is the battle that he had with this Boris Spassky. So essentially, it was a very great documentary and you see this with documentaries sometimes now. Somebody decided to make a movie Based on the documentary, and they got um, sort of a uh, fictionalized version of the documentary. Yeah, so a real life story becomes a documentary, and then becomes a movie, if you huh. will. So um, just really, really, the movie Pawn Sacrifice honestly is okay. It didn't knock me out. I wanted it to knock me out because I love the documentary so much. I'm like, this movie's gonna be great. Tobey Maguire is very good. He actually plays a very, very good Bobby Fischer good actor. Oh yeah, he really is. He's something special, but. However, um, all things considered, it didn't – it just – the documentary is better. It was one of those ones where it kind of should be the reverse because you have the ability to make something fictional and, you know, kind of embellish a little bit. Yeah. But oddly enough, the documentary was more um, uh, intense, I guess, or more like, man, I'm really captivated by the documentary yeah. but not the movie. So. Although Pawn Sacrifice just came out on DVD, I'm kind of raving about the documentary that it came from. And it's always neat to see somebody crack the fuck up, and he did. I mean, it's towards the end, he was railing against, uh, you know, the Zionist conspiracy. And, you know, he was um, sent, he, he, had a, he was basically uh, exiled from America and was running from the law and lived abroad in, like, Norway, which oddly enough was like, it was Iceland, I think, which was the site of where he fought this guy. So it was kind of like, does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. his greatest yeah, his victory in life in this chess match in the early 70s would be the only country that would, that would actually have him. have him. Really bizarre, uh, crazy story worth seeing. So Bobby Fischer versus the world documentary. Great movie about it. Pawn Sacrifice equally is interesting, but I'd start with the doc. You know, it's you know? funny. That's how I felt about the theory of everything, which is the movie about Stephen Hawking. Oh, OK. Like it was really good. The acting was phenomenal. The I can't remember the actor's name. The guy that played Stephen Hawking was just unbelievably good. Yeah, yeah, right. But I wanted it to be a documentary. <laughs> like uh -huh. I kind of wanted the real stuff. Like not that not that they embellished probably a lot because they probably didn't. But I I just was like, man, this would be so much better it's if weird. it were. Sometimes a doc. that happens. Like yeah. you want to see the the real story and not the embellishment. And then sometimes the embellishment is just much much better because they can you know 
creative license. Yeah. Yeah, they can they can stretch things and change dialogue and yeah. very yeah. interesting. Well, there's our picks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh Pluto.tv yep. and then the documentary Bobby Fisher vs. the World slash the new movie Pawn Sacrifice with Toby Maguire. All right. Cool. So Dan, let's uh, hop into a topic. <laughs> topic this week what is our topic this week dead rock stars oh death and rock dead rock stars There's a lot of dead rock stars yes especially lately shit got crazy this month the last yeah the last actual calendar month has been a little nuts wild correct me if i'm wrong lemmy yes motorhead lead man Mm -hmm. essentially motorhead lemmy is motorhead motorhead is lemmy um dead uh, which was a big blow to the hard rock slash metal community. Huge blow to them. Yeah, very legendary guy. Then David Bowie, who we discussed a little bit last week. Yep. Holy shit. I mean, like I said, people came out of the woodwork. I mean, like, it was stunning the response that his his death got. Yeah, and it was it was face Bowie. Yeah. Like I said last yeah. week. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to repeat a joke. Good joke. Um, and then Hot off the presses, not 24 hours in the ground. He's probably not even in the ground yet, which is kind of creepy to think of it. He's probably in a morgue. Probably still in a morgue, yeah. They might be doing an autopsy. It's weird to think of that. Um, Glenn Fry. Glenn the Fry. Eagles. And we had a weird sort of non-music Alan Rickman pass away, which was also tragic. Oh, Took yeah. over Facebook as well. Yeah, oh, that was brutal, man. Yeah. What a great actor. Didn't see that coming either. What a great actor. So they're dropping. Um, and uh, the Fry. Eagles are interesting because the Eagles, at least in the United States, are fucking massive. Huge, huge, huge. I am not a big Eagles fan. There's a couple yeah, songs. I like a few I've, songs. I like a few songs, but there are some people I know that like that is their band. Damn. I know it sounds really weird, but they look at the Eagles almost like a Beatles. And it tends to be a lot of people that grew up in California, the 70s. They just, the take it easy they culture. They warm smoke colitas in the air. Yeah, yeah. Hot Hotel California, <laughs> all that sort of shit, you know. They, um, I mean, very, very big band. So, officially, one of the original Eagles, the main yeah, Eagles, founding member. Is, is gone. I mean, the Eagles kind of, anyway, you cut it. You know, the guys you know are Don Henley. Joe Walsh yeah. and Glenn Fry. Now Glenn Fry is gone. You also may know him from his uh, work with Miami Vice. He was a character <laughs> on there and did. I didn't the know tour, that. You know? The heat is on. That's Glenn Fry. That's from Miami Vice. Isn't that the theme song of Miami Vice? Maybe. Well, I not the not the theme song. Because that was also in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh boy! <laughs> Do we need to look this up? Do you mind hopping I'm, on? I'm the not internet saying real quick? that it wasn't the theme song for Miami. I Rise. hate to throw out fake, um, fake information in regards it's to kind of what we do here. You should musicians. really fact check everything we say because we're probably full of shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Chrisopedia is never uh, uh, authentic place. But well, to the point, um, Glenn Fry has uh, passed on. Glenn Fry is is no longer with us. And that just sort of kicked in the idea that we were going to talk about is just, first off, that's three really big names in popular music that have died. But it got us to thinking a little bit about death and music and rock and roll and kind of the weird obsession. It's it's one of the few things where I think your cachet is elevated if you die. You yeah. sell more records. More people talk about you. They uh, they tend to, in many ways, respect your work more if you die. And in a very bizarre way, the younger 
the more intense it happens to be. Yes. Um, you know, somebody could be a musician and lived in their 70s and 80s, and, you know, they get love and all that kind of stuff. But God forbid you kick off in your 20s. I mean, look out. Like, the reverence that people have for you. And there's is, a, especially among conspiracy theorists and numerologists, which are two. Um, Two methods of thinking that I do not espouse, to put it nicely, have a they have a very hard time with the number twenty seven because so many rockers have died at twenty seven. Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. they just keep going. Yeah. So they're like, oh, twenty seven. That's Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. Yeah. I think Jim Morrison too. Am I probably. Wrong on that? Probably. Not, I don't know. I'll look that I up mean, when I'm done with them. The Miami yeah, Vice I mean, Wiki. Uh, I remember uh, hearing about Kurt Cobain's mom telling him, "Kurt, don't go join that stupid club." And she was referring to all the people that were rock stars that at died 27. at twenty seven, and he he did. Very interesting. The number 27. Um, Negative connotations of 27. But the whole point that we're trying to make is there is something about dead musicians. It was was by Jan Hammer, by the way. Oh, I totally got the heat is on. It's not. (laughs) The heat is on. Well, I'm going to look at the heat is on next. That's the Miami Vice theme. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was the Miami Vice thing, but I thought the, the heat is on is a song that was often used in Miami Vice. Oh, that could be. But I think that's Glenn Fry. I could be wrong. Check it out for the kids. Um, um, yeah, the that's definitely definitely on. Glenn Fry. Okay, great. Cool. There you go. Um, so with that said, Dan, um, what do you think it is about about music that people really sort of is it just because music kind of affects you and touches you in a way like it's is it is it a do we just like the the artists that didn't get to go all the way i mean what is it that attracts people so much i mean well I, they I, get bigger they become they do icons in they a do way. which and i blame you for army freshman's non-continued success because you're still alive okay <laughs> <laughs> should have killed you years ago i take full credit for that <laughs> um however in a very sick way i don't totally disagree with that I have no illusions that know. we would be. We talked about this when I in, in the nineties. No illusions that we would become huge <laughs> by any de- any degree. However, I do think people would go back and listen to those records and treat them a little differently, and sure. then you'd start getting that little sort of momentum a little swell. Bit of of, yeah. Those guys were a lot better than I remember. Oh shit, that dude was really fucking. That's an Arthur song, man. Wow, I never really noticed, but <laughs> as soon as he died, suddenly you become more deeper, for lack of a better word. It's weird. I think that. I mean, Are we just so obsessed with death. Are we just a culture of? Well, no, of course we are. That's why we make up stories about what happens to you when you die. Nobody wants to actually think that they're dead and gone, right? Mm. So we've been telling ourselves these fables for a very long time, but we don't. It seems like when yeah, when I these older rock dead and I'm gone. And I still oh, don't think that hasn't been running through my okay, head okay, all week. <laughs> TMBG reference yeah. for the astute among you. Yeah. Um, it seems to be the younger bands and the younger rockers that really get the heightened fame and glory after they die okay. because they haven't peaked yet they haven't fallen off so I people get to wonder and imagine where, where, where they would, would have gone where would nirvana have gone where would amy winehouse have taken her career but the, the reality is most of the people would have kind of gone down the shitter of course i mean everybody that's been around for a long time that's legendary put out bad shit we talk about it with the rolling stones we talk about it with the uh, oh, Beatles. Yeah. they stopped but you know so many people well when they went solo there's crap paul mccartney records there's oh, God, crap yeah. john lennon records but everything guess, ringo did was maybe crap. it's just because the catalog is so badass you're just like oh my god you they know? did set a really high bar it was Specifically talking about the Beatles and early Stones too. I'm not a huge Stones guy, but their early shit was way better than their later shit, yeah. obviously. But if you stick around, you tend to have the ability to make more mistakes. Of course, unless you're David Bowie. And well, 
let me correct that well, for a I second. That last that, record you know, is a little rough. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I don't think Bowie was immune to that either. He was one of those. But well, but know, knowing now what we know about when he released that uh, record, but that just, he was on his deathbed, it's sort of like a goodbye letter, I exactly, think. Exactly, but the fact that it's the number one record this past week, right? And records are number one for a week, and a new one comes along. But that record n- would not have been number one. No, if he it, didn't die. It would not have been number one. You're right. If he didn't die. That, I mean, that's f- flat out reality of it, you know? Especially when we all know that, that DJ Khaled has the number one record. Another one. <laughs> Sorry. So, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it, it's just kind of bizarre to me that you just you see that adulation. And, and it, the biggest grossing artists in the world are not living. When I'm talking about music here. Elvis Presley. Michael Jackson. I mean, Bob Marley. These yeah. are the guys that make. These are the guys that make the ton of money. These are the guys that have the merchandise. There's a Bob Marley iced tea. There's a Bob Marley fruit drink that you can go literally to the grocery store and buy with his face on it. I mean, he was a reggae gotta, singer. Somebody's got to support those forty-seven kids. Exactly. It's just, but but then that's the other thing that happens. The licensing comes. Yeah. Other people. The artist is no longer in control of his. Like of his likeness no. and where it goes, and, and then all of a sudden the family comes the along and with the family. Could and you the imagine and all the things that Kurt Cobain's image is slapped on? I can say this from a hardcore Nirvana fan when they first broke. I was a Nirvana obsessive. I told you my room was covered head to toe with Nirvana posters. I don't doubt. But it. the thing is, it was hard to find that stuff. There wasn't a lot of that stuff. The first Nirvana T-shirt that I found, I remember, is at Sam Goody in the mall, and it was uh, for a sliver. And it wasn't Sam even Goody. like the Nevermind Baby kind of shirt, right? You know, like like they were trying to just print stuff as quick as they could. Sure. But the whole point of the conversation is uh, now – you can't go to you can't go to a hot topic or a record store or wherever you go without eighteen hundred Nirvana items, paraphernalia, buttons, pins, badges, and he was against that shit. He yeah, was okay with T-shirts, but that was a, that's the extent of it. it. Was like Fugazi. Yeah, yeah. he didn't even like hoodies because he looked at those as something that jocks wore. It wasn't the era of the hoodie; it was the era of the flannel. Right. So oh, if yes. you wore a hooded sweatshirt, he didn't want a Nirvana logo on it because. A jock wore a hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, with I his mean, football team on it. He'd shit his pants if he saw what happened to his likeness. I mean, he would. He was so anti all of that. You just can't imagine what these people would think, yet they're just put on these pedestals. Well, that's what cracks me up when, when artists like that do pass away and the public just freaks out and rushes in to buy everything that they can buy. I was still working at, at Salzer's, the record store, when Michael Jackson died, and just same thing when Bowie died. Everything flew off the shelves. Like, they couldn't keep anything in stock. And it's like, you know, they're going to make a lot more of this stuff. And if you don't have the original first pressing whatever, you're not getting it today. So why are you rushing in to buy all of Michael Jackson's albums? Yeah. They're going to make a bajillion and more. why is he's is it just you become reminded of them because they're on the news and people are talking about it and you say, wow, you know what? I'd like to hear Thriller. That was a good record. Is that what it is? It's just being reminded? I, I guess. I don't it, know. Right? Because what makes you say he's dead? God, I want to listen to Beat It. I got to I gotta go get all his albums. It's weird. Like if you're a true fan, you've already got them. Exactly. At least the ones you like. Maybe it's just being reminded. Maybe it's just somebody. But I can't. I don't know if that works because if we talk about stuff all the time, but you don't rush out to go watch it or do it or see it. But the minute a person dies, it's like, it's weird. I mean, we just, I mean, maybe lo- it's cause they're not going to put out anymore, but 
it's kind of almost like when you have a friend or somebody you care about or a family member and they pass away. And you almost nine times out of ten say, I wish I would have spent a little more time with them. Yeah. I wish I would have saw them more. I wish I would have kicked it more. Whatever it may be. And when they were alive, you never laid in bed and said, I really wish I would have saw Uncle Dan more. Yeah. But the minute they die, you say, I wish I would have saw Uncle Dan. It's the fact that you you can't see them again or you can't see them perform again. It's just something about that is – Well, I that's, guess, kind of, that's kind of I a guess human condition, in general, right? It's a human condition. I mean – I guess this is just an example of it more than anything else, right? And I think I think more of an extreme one because you're right. It does seem to to hover a bit more around music mm. and bands. Like when they're gone, people freak out. You know, they they rush and buy all their stuff. Well, maybe like, there's man. the impact of like, for instance, I grew up on Nirvana and they were so pivotal to my life and what I've done with my life. Thanks a lot. I'm broke, Kurt Cobain. You fuck. But <laughs> um, with that said, uh, and I didn't get enough groupies either, Kurt Cobain, you fuck. But for all the good things um, that he didn't do for me, there were a lot of good things that he did do in yeah, terms of, of just changing my whole perception and growing up with that. So maybe there's that. When his music spoke to me, no pun intended, uh, or much pun intended, like that was such a vital part of my youth and growing up and I was changing and puberty and all that kind of stuff. And it had such a deep impact. That's why people tend to like a lot of music they listen to when they were a teenager, Absolutely. even when they're an adult. Maybe there's part of that where it's like it it well it can also it be touched me or it affected me exactly. and now he will never affect me again. And music it can be intensely personal, you know. Intensely if personal. If you're having a bad day and you lock yourself in your room with a bunch of Nirvana records because that's what makes you feel better, that carries with you. Yeah. So from then you on, you feel like you're not alone because he was angry and now you're having yeah. Or or that album, whatever it was, helped you cope with whatever situation yeah. you're in. You know, I have a very deep fondness for Alkaline Trio's Good Morning because it helped me through a tough time. And as much as, you know, I may have finally maybe grown out of that record a tiny bit, mm -hmm. I still love it really, really deeply oh. in my heart because it helped me through a tough time. And, like, that's how everybody is with a lot of music. It's really accessible. You don't have to go to a movie theater to you know, watch it. Some people say, sometimes you mention that, going through a tough time, but some people say, like, songs save their life. You hear that every yeah, day. You know, you always do. kind of sounds a little extreme, but I can think of a few occasions in my life where... A song affected me so deeply when I did have something going on, and then a weird way, it kind of, I mean, I guess got you through it a little it better. Changes, it or can just, change your perspective. Yeah. Or it can, you know, depending on what it is and what you're going through, you can identify with it and say, hey, it's not just me. Like, whoever wrote this song is going through some shit, too. Yeah. Um, this is very bizarre, but uh, DMC from Run DMC. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he was going, he tells a story that was well known, but he was going through a period in his life where, I mean, he was, I guess he was suicidal. I don't know if it was from alcoholism or whatever was going on in his life. And he heard um, Sarah McLaughlin's In the Arms of an Angel. I know this sounds weird, <laughs> but he heard Sarah McLaughlin's Arms of an Angel, and he literally said, it saved his life. He said he listened to it like 40 times in a row. It's amazing. Something about that song came down and just literally, he says, saved his life. And you think, what the fuck? Yeah, because like, that song makes me want to kill myself. Yeah, exactly. Simply because it's all in the, in the ASPCA's commercials with yeah, all yeah. these horribly abused puppies and kittens, and I yeah, want to yeah. off myself. But it's bizarre how different songs have that different reaction. Yeah, what totally. Mean to people. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, and we're kind of jumping around on the topic of dead rock stars, but I guess some of that is when, when if you are 60 years old and you had the best time of your life as a 25-year-old listening to um, the Eagles or as a teenager or whatever it may be, and Glenn Fry dies, there's an element, I think, of you looking and saying, that's me. 
Glenn Fry was only a couple years earlier than me. Yeah. He's been with me my whole life. My whole life I've known who Glenn Fry is, he, or ever since I was a kid. I think, He's yeah. written some of my favorite songs, blah, 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 blah. He's gone. He's gone. There's a bit, I think, of human beings looking at their own reflection in the mirror, and when you lose mirror, mirror, I don't know, it's a mirror, but when you lose, you know, when you lose somebody that you look up to, or somebody that's been with you for so long is gone, you start to think about your own mortality. Absolutely. It's yeah. the first thing you do. Because I talked about it last week. People freeze rock stars at a certain age. Yeah. And it's really weird. They do it with movie stars too, I think. Totally. Um, but they freeze these icons or these famous people, and they look at them as one freaking age, and they can't accept that they've aged. I mean, it's bizarre. I think people do it with their parents. I think people do it with their parents too. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah. I know it's hard for me to think of my parents older. Like, my parents are forever 35 you know what I mean I know that sounds weird but I thought my mom was 35 from when I was one years old to I was about 35 you know <laughs> during that period you know so but that's not the case you no. know people change people yep. get older we all do it, you freeze these people in these moments but rock stars with a little bit of Botox or a little bit of money or a little bit of Photoshop or whatever you want to call it they can hide it a little easier and sometimes I think they buy it themselves of course you they know do. like he looks so good it's like he may look good on the outside, but that body inside is still what happens to a 70-year-old is occurring, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just because, what, you think a guy in the Eagles can't get cancer? You know, I mean, like, I don't just, even think he died of cancer. What's interesting about this death, as opposed to the, the few recent ones, Bowie and Lemmy, mm -hmm. is that I think he died of complications of, like, Alzheimer's. And like Alzheimer's, um, I heard something else. It was, but it was something but like he had that. like a lung infection. Also, mm -hmm. I'm gonna look this up um, real quick. Yeah, but you know, we kind of freeze our heroes like that. And Absolutely. Then, and then when they die, we freeze them even longer because it's what image of you know. It's not when you go to a store, you don't, and it, it's what people want to see. But when you go to a store, they don't sell posters of fat Elvis. They don't show him in his final days, looking all bloated and ready to roll. They have him looking as like a 24 year old, smooth, smooth as shit, yeah, you know? fresh out of the army. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even MJ you don't buy a poster at MJ looking like a skeleton all freakish with all the fucking blotches and weirdness and band-aids you get that nice 1985 MJ Jerry yeah, curl when he was still black you know? and then we then we freeze these people in this 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 time frame it's it's bizarre but uh, I guess the whole point of this is that generation the classic rock generation and you can even put Lemmy in there even though the guy's not classic rock right yeah they are senior citizens now Yes. And people will not admit it. People truly want to freeze them as these guys are in their 30s or maybe their early 40s. But the reality is, is these people, Dan, they're in their late 60s. Some of these people are touching 70. We're talking senior oh. citizens. Oh, I Senior mean, citizens. I mean, Bowie and Lemmy were both 69. I, I don't know Mick Jagger. Jagger's Have you ever 80s. thought of David Bowie as a senior citizen? No, I've never God thought that no. in my entire life. But then you, did you watch that Black Star video? No. I mean, he doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was sick, and he was getting but on in I years. I never in my mind said, David, Bowie's no. a grandpa. No, no, hell no. You know? A father? Yeah, of course. An older guy? Yeah, but... So we, we freeze him, and that generation, man, I mean, right? wake up, people. I mean, if there's somebody you want to see, and they're still alive, go fucking see them perform. Absolutely. I'm not talking about visiting Uncle Dan. I'm talking about if there's an artist that you like. He died He died of rheumatoid arthritis. Wow. Acute ulcerative colitis and pneumonia my god that's terrible i mean he must have been horrible in his final yeah, days the yeah. combination of that shit 
So, I mean, Sorry, yeah, uh, just like anything else, if you want to do it, do it. Because you never know when the game ends, exactly. obviously. If there's somebody you love, you tell them you love them. If there's somebody you miss, go see them. If there's somebody you want to talk to, do it. There's, I mean, it happens all the time. I had a real busy day. I came in here today. I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm sure you're tired. You've been working all day. But there's always time. You can always find time. I just think human beings don't make it. You know, they find an excuse as to why they don't have time. I think, I think Americans do that more than any other culture. Do you think so? I do. I I guess Western culture, maybe. I, I don't know how it is in the UK, but like we're in America, we're so work focused because of our our economic structure, capitalism, and the and the work week is the most important. And managers expect you to put in until you're done with the job, not until you're done with work. If that makes sense, like yeah, yeah. we have a very work centric culture, and other countries, France, other countries in Europe don't and they spend more time with family they spend more time off work it's really interesting and, and they live longer and they do live longer mm-hmm. it's amazing what stress will do to you yeah and some meth yeah and you know what's weird is, is stress like i feel like it's such a misunderstood thing i think it's a killer i think it's an absolute killer you know i mean it affects you physically right yeah, it affects absolutely. you mentally there's that's proven there's no doubt about it you know you look at a stressed out person who's been stressed for 10 years and you look at a guy that's been chilling for 10 years i guarantee you one of them looks older than the other you know but. i got a coworker of mine that's about to turn 46 and you would never ever know it. he looks like he's like our age like you know mid-30s because he's chill because he doesn't his excuse is that he doesn't have kids so you know he doesn't have to wake up early or anything i.e he's not stressed there's truth to that there is a lot of truth to that. i mean there's there's this i mean like you and i are in our mid-30s and we don't have kids and we've never had kids that we're aware of um and you know don't come uh, knocking there exactly you know who knows what will happen in the future but as of right now we haven't and all things considered dan i think if you look at me and you look at you i don't think you look at either of us and say hey those guys are 19 no fucking no, doubt God, no. but i also don't think you look at us and say we look like we're in our 40s by any means either right good news and, is we're not but we're, we're close yeah, well, you, know, you more than me but, uh, 40 store. at any rate but um i know people our age younger that look like they're 40 years old yeah yeah, and, and, and some of that's you know you start to go bald that'll do it to you you know what i mean you get a little overweight that'll do it to you but the stress the the you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. the extra wrinkles the hair starts going the guts going because you need to fucking have a couple drinks at the end of the day because you're so fucking stressed out i yep. mean it's weird man it's just it's weird hmm talking about the aging process but whole point is these rock stars they're fucking dropping like flies and the whole point that i want to say is if if you never saw Bob Dylan, first off, you should see Bob Dylan just to say you saw Bob Dylan. He's not nearly as good as he was, but you should see Bob Dylan. That's a guy that you should see. Well, let's do that. Let's talk about a couple people that we think the listener should see, maybe because they're not that long for this world. Like yep. I, Bob Dylan to me is number one. I think if you like music, you need to say that you saw that man. And I'm telling you, there is not a lot of time left in my humble opinion. And, and I'm nowhere near I'm not even that big of a Bob Dylan fan, to be honest. You know, I appreciate what he's done for music. I appreciate what he does in general. Not necessarily my cup of tea. I don't own any of his records. I will say that if you have the opportunity, this is another guy that time's running out, go see Willie Nelson. Mm. My God, that guy's been around doing music forever. I saw Willie Nelson earlier this year. That's um, right. We, did. we I, well, talked last about year, it. I saw Willie Nelson last year with my dad. Super cool experience. Willie Nelson looked like he was going to drop the fuck dead on stage. Yep. And all he does he is looked tour like that and play when I saw him four years ago. Tour and play. So 
just go see that guy so you can say he's solemn. Yeah. Because, again, not a lot of time left on that one. Um, that's a really good call, Dan. Willie Nelson, for sure. Um, I'm just saying this because he's one of my favorite songwriters of all time, Tom Waits. Now, yeah. Tom Waits don't play a lot. It's very rare. But Tom Waits is getting older. As much as my dad has suspended Tom Waits as a 35-year-old man, <laughs> the reality is, is Tom Waits is a senior citizen. He's yep. older. And that's a guy that you want to say you saw, I mean, for sure, to me, just because he's one of my favorites. And a lot of these guys that are that age, you know, they came up in a time, and rock and roll's always kind of been this way, that drugs were much more accessible and much more accepted. Absolutely. Smoking and heavy drinking mm-hmm. were commonplace. Like, yeah. they're going to fucking... No wonder they're all getting cancer. All sorts of shit. Now. Man. Shit like hepatitis, sexually yeah. transmitted diseases. Yeah. That shit was fucking rampant back then. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. If you survived the 60s and 70s and you were a rocker, it's actually pretty fucking impressive. And I mean that. Yeah. The, 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 it's littered with, littered with dead folks. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else does somebody need to see? Bob Dylan, Tom Waits, Willie Nelson. And we're th- looking older. I mean, yeah, you may need to see Weezer, but. I mean, I was going to throw out They Might Be Giants, but. Well, you know what? They're not young either. You know what? They're no spring chickens. Great example, because They Might Be Giants are one of my favorite groups ever. I know they're one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, And the last time I saw them, I was a little horrified at how old they looked because. Bad. I started listening to them in elementary school, and they've been such an integral part of my life that I've frozen. I've done what our parents have done with these classic rockers. I've I still frozen. see them as being the age that they are on the album cover of Flood. Absolutely, me too. That's and, where they are in my that head. Was 1990. Yep. So what's how many years ago is that? 20, 36. <sighs> 36 years ago. No, that's impossible. Sorry, 26. That would make me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're 20, 90. 20, 25 years. So. That's 25 years of life and age, and I have still frozen them to the point where I saw a press photo of them. I'm like, that's not them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're old, older guys now, yeah. you know? So I would say, see, they might be giants. Definitely. While both of them are still alive and healthy, that's a good example. And and they're not super old. They're not like Willie, Olsen, Willie Nelson old, but that's an example of what we're talking I th- about. I mean, they're healthy guys. I don't think they're drug users or smokers mm-hmm. or anything like that. They're probably going to live a while. But it does, I mean, just still go, just go. Yeah, absolutely. Who else? Who else? I'll give you a crazy one, Dan. Okay. Um, you and I saw her together, Joan Baez. Oh yeah. Joan Baez is a legend, and she can still sing like God, a that was a long time ago too. That was a long time ago, and she is she looked old very then. old, and she looked old then. We she met did. her after the show. We did. Super cool. Um, but she is. Old, and that's the type of person you get a chance to see. Joan Baez, that's a you cultural take icon. You, you go take see it, her, yeah. you know. Um, people like that. I mean, I always think it's good to see some of these older acts. I don't like the cash grab so much, you know. I don't like the people that are just out there trying to make. I, I feel that way about the Stones. Yeah, you know, I don't think the Stones are giving you the show you deserve. Um, however, to say you saw the Stones, there's nothing wrong with it. But you're that always, said. They could go at any minute. Oh, yeah. God oh, knows. Yeah. What Keith the Richards fuck is, is like going to happen mummy. when Keith Richards or Mick Jagger goes? If Bowie got that reaction, holy shit. And Paul McCartney, yeah. fucking forget about For, it. Yeah. Yet Ringo gets younger and younger and younger. It's almost disturbing. Oh, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame this past year as just Ringo, right? Yeah. I think. And, and Paul McCartney introduced him, mm-hmm. right? And Dan, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at Paul McCartney. 
and you look like you're looking at, I'm not making this up, you look at, you look, you're looking at a guy in your 40s, and you look like you're looking at a guy in their 70s, and Ringo was the oldest Beatle. He was. Think about that. He, I don't know what, like, somebody's going to find something out about that guy, but. Yeah, he sold a soul to get into the Beatles. Uh, yeah, it's really. Mean, physically, he looks in, sh- like, not in shape, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, he looks great. He got up and played the drums and kicked ass, and that's the most demanding instrument there is from it's a true. physical standpoint. It's true. You know, he's standing next to Paul Paul must look at him and be like, how the fuck? My God, I'm like, looking at the picture right now. You're absolutely right. He looks so much younger than Paul McCartney. It's weird, man. Some some people just have it, but sometimes that's genetics. Sometimes that's skin. Sometimes that's yeah. how much sun you got. Smoking. There's all sorts of stuff that plays into this, and some people just get lucky. Some people just look younger than they are, but that doesn't mean that Ringo isn't going to drop dead because he's still old as shit. Yep. You know? Or he could get hit by a bus thinking, you know, I'm invincible and I'm Ringo. Yeah. We're crossing I, the road in front of Abbey Road again. That's why a guy like the guy that I love, a guy like Arlo Guthrie, um, who I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. folk singer type guy, but I'm not going to miss him next time he comes by. He's coming through in April, and I'm not going to miss him because he's older, and you don't know. I mean, he just lost his wife, and that could have easily yeah. been the flip. I mean, that could have been his wife was alive, and he's not. One day he's going to die, and then I'll be just like all these people saying, I wish I would have saw Bowie, and I'll be like, because he was one of my favorites, you mm-hmm. know? So if there's somebody you like, and they're, oh, obviously if there's somebody you like, you should go see them perform regardless. Of course. But if there's somebody you haven't seen, number one, that you've always wanted to, and they're over 40, guess what? Go fucking see them. You know, if they're over 50, definitely go see them. If they're over 60, you're just uh, you're just pushing your luck. Yeah. You know, you're pushing your luck. And then, um, and if there's anybody you haven't seen that you want to see, or you just love seeing, somebody that's a fave like me, I love seeing Arlo. Well, if Arlo Guthrie is in his 60s, it's probably a good idea for me to catch him next time he comes through just to be safe. Yeah, might not be in a time after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is embarrassing. Um, a lot of people would be horrified to know this. Me being a Jersey guy, also being a very big fan oh, of his early work. I know where this is going. You know where it's going? Yep. I've never seen Bruce Springsteen. Live. I knew it. I think they're going to throw you out of the state I don't if they even hadn't already. Say that. I don't even want to say that because I have personal friends that listen to this that will be like, you motherfucker, because I talk like I've seen Springsteen. <laughs> I love early Springsteen. I love the 70s, 80s Springsteen. I love, after the 90s, it gets a little spotty. Conversation you, for another time. You did drive us by the but Stone Pony. Once that's true. I, I should go see Springsteen. I mean, I'm yeah. a, I I will regret that. As old as he may be, Definitely. I will regret that. If I, I think he's still in him. fairly good shape, and he seems like a pretty clean living dude. But you never know. But you never know. You just don't. You never I mean, know. You could have colon cancer and be gone in a year. You know? How many fucking people were probably like, this is the year I see Bowie. Nope. This is the year I see that Eagles reunion. <laughs> for, nope. This is the year I see Motorhead. <laughs> also, this is the year I see Alan Rickman do spoken word. Oh, you're really bummed then. I, I just remembered that this morning I read, and this is a really obscure one, that the drummer for Mata Hoople died. So another dead Didn't musician. the drummer for Mata Hoople died like 40 years ago? Like which one? Well, I don't know. <laughs> now you're getting deep, dude. Now you're getting deep. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I, I did I read that on Facebook. I should probably fact check that. Yeah, Martha <laughs> Hoople drummer dies, Aww. age 67, nine hours ago from BBC News. They're fairly reputable. Yes. <laughs> totally. Unless you ask Graham. <laughs> oh, God. Our boy Graham, man. Very good friend of the band, a personal friend of ours. A yeah. um, uh, guy lives in the UK, drives us more over in the UK. Man, he has been on a tear on the old Twitter. He's a lot of hate Has flowing it? through him. You know what it is? It's the UK winner. I see <laughs> it. He gets fucking fired up every winter over he does. there. And then he thaws out and becomes all positive. But, dude, he just gets all pissed as off. As soon as that and, slush goes away. Yeah, totally. It's brutal. Fucking Ebenezer McKenston, dude. It's <laughs> the worst. 
Uh, so, yeah, I guess the, the, the moral of this, Dan, is these senior citizen rockers, these golden age rockers, these people that you thought were going to live forever, they're not. Guess what? And if January 2016 has taught us anything, they're going. I mean, they are going. I mean, I, fairly iconic dudes. I mean, one of the lead eagles, David Bowie and Lemmy, in different genres, yep. those are big daddies. This isn't the drummer from Mott the Hoople. You know what I mean? <laughs> not, not at all. No. Mostly because no one knows Crazy. who Mott the Hoople was. So there you go. I'm throwing, uh, I'm throwing the gauntlet out. The guy I need to see before he goes, I believe, that I have not seen live, is Bruce Springsteen. Who do you got? Who haven't you seen live that is the the clock's ticking a little bit that you would like to say you saw? Man, um, I think I think mostly I've seen everybody that I wanted to see at least okay. once. I wouldn't mind seeing some of them again. Yeah, there's a lot of people I'd love to see. Yeah, again, I, but I'm happy to say I, I've seen basically anyone I've ever wanted to see live. I, I mean, I do still need to see Tom Waits. Yes, because I've never seen him live. Um. You know, I I don't know. I mean, you got I've, nobody, huh? I've basically there's, there's not one that you're just like, God, I love that guy. And I've never seen him. Um, I uh, give yeah. me somebody newer. Then is there anybody newer that you really would like to see? Yeah, my brain is failing me at the moment. Yes, I have a guy. I don't have to log in a spot. Have you ever seen Paul McCartney? I've not seen Paul McCartney. Is he, is he someone you like, or are you not a hardcore Beatles not, guy? Not a hardcore Beatles guy. So you could, if he dies, you're cool. Yeah, I'll be like, well, I never <laughs> saw. But, dude, dude he's, like, I didn't get to see the Beatles anyway. By what about the, the Stones? Fact. You're not a big no, Stones guy. No, I'm, right? I'm definitely more a Beatles guy than I am a Stones guy. I'm trying to think of the big, iconic cats. Are you a big Neil Young guy? No, definitely not. He's one, he's one that's he's up probably there that really close. probably want to go see. Yeah, the one I got is Springsteen. He's like the one that kind of eludes me. I've never seen, I'm trying to, have I seen Neil Young? I don't think I've seen Neil Young, but I'm not a huge Neil Young guy. Um, I've seen The Stones. I've seen McCartney. Whoops. You just listen to some Mata Hoople? What's going on, Dan? Actually, yeah. I don't even know how that started. You know, you know their big hit is All the Young Dudes. Which is which what is, started playing. Which is Bowie's song, right? Oh. Um, but uh, a good parody I always had is about a kid... Um, you know, in the sixth grade, looking at his crotch and singing all the young pubes, like looking at, <laughs> or that could be really bad. It could also be a pedophile singing about that. Let's just keep bad. it about a guy yeah, getting yeah, his pubes in. Good. That's waste it. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no getting out of this, J man. Yeah, you may want to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep it about. I didn't uh, mean I was a pedophile. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying he's in the act of pedophilia. He's just thinking of what he'd like to see. Mm, sure. A bit Jared Fogle. How about that? That's funny, right? He's in a jail cell <laughs> yes. eating Subway, singing all the young pubes. That's much funnier. That's yeah. much more South Park. Or all the young dudes. I mean, if you want it to be dudes, that's fine with me. Okay. Well, that took a turn. <laughs> so so you got nobody, really. Uh, you're, you're telling me. No, no. no I, I know I have somebody. I just can't yeah, fucking gotta, find them just, in my brain right now. Yeah, because I think it's always good as a music fan and as a music artist yourself. There's that one you need to see. You know, you always got to have that one that ah, I still need to see that person. And when you see him, then you, you fill the blank. You know, it's tough to sit back and say, you know what? I've seen every single musical artist I've wanted to see. There's no one left for me to see. It's kind of no, like the end of a quest. You know? Obviously, there's plenty of people left for me to see. I mean, I can say and I was that huge you really fan. like though. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have minded seeing Rage Against the Machine. I mean, I got to see Bad Religion when they were they're probably still playing. Yeah. You know, I got to see Downset, which is one of your favorite bands, yeah. just because we were hanging out. You know, all that cool shit, Phil Cody, 
Um, I saw Adam Duritz at the Phil Cody show where Cheryl Crow got on stage and played with him. Oh, that was I'll pretty give you awesome. One. I never saw Counting Crows live. I never and did I either. Like I never did a either. lot. I mm-hmm. like them a lot. I just they never. Every once in a while, there's those ones that just slip. But one of the ones I always tell stories about is the Ramones used to come to Philly every freaking month when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. that's not much of an exaggeration. They just worked the East Coast in a van and played the Trocadero like every month, right? People would always come see them. And I always said I'll go see the Ramones next month. I'll go see the Ramones next month. I wasn't a huge Ramones fan, but. All of a sudden, they started to die, and there was no more going to see the Ramones, and no. I had 20 opportunities to see wow. them and blew every one, and I was a casual fan, but now they're regarded in such, you know, such revered sense yeah. that I kicked myself because I could have saw them, you know, and it's one of the few ones, actually, that I, I blew it and missed out on, you know? I mean, I never saw Bowie, but I'm not a big Bowie guy. Right. So I, so it's different for me. I'm not like, oh, man, I should have saw Bowie. I'm not a, if Neil Young passed away, I like Neil Young, but Neil Young's not one of my faves. Totally. Know? I mean, I got an, a fairly obscure 60s folk singer-type guy named Tom Paxton, who I love, who just stopped touring, and I never got to see him, and I had a ton of opportunities. And he's just – I'm not even a huge fan of him. It's more just the era that he was from and represents. Mm-hmm. He's an older guy, but he's going to do, like, the occasional festival show. So I'm like, you know what? I still got a chance. I still got a chance. But a lot of these guys are retiring from actively touring. It's true. Some of these old, old dudes are, like, just literally – I mean, he's literally said, I'm just not going to tour anymore. And there's other guys like that that that's happening to, you know? They're getting on in years, man. They're getting on in years. So the moral to this conversation, the moral of this story is if there's an artist you want to see, see him while you can. Because if not, you're going to be walking around with a Kurt Cobain cell phone case cover. Nobody wants that. I mean, you could be doing that anyway. You could. You could be doing <laughs> that right now. That's that's very true. You probably are. Yeah, you probably are. Well, Dan, this is a, a, a riveting and dark yeah, conversation. M- morbid. Yes. So in closing, um, I'd like to... Leave the listener with a little tune. Hey, all the young pubes. I don't have a line, too. <laughs> On all of the dudes. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Then really lube. thinking about those young the next dudes. next thing I got is lube, and it's just going all wrong. <laughs> you know? so it's bad stuff, bad uh, stuff. As it always does for you. Well, listener, thank you, as always, for checking us out. You can find me on Twitter, at Army of Fresh Men. I'm at DX on Twitter. I never tweet, uh, but I'm trying to get back into it. I got to clean my follower list out. Getting back the people who tweaking. I'm following. I'm trying to. Just there's too much crap in there. I need to clean it out. Dan, you were kind enough to uh, buy me a uh, Hot Rod Rowdy Piper uh, I'm All Out of Bubblegum Soda yes, last I week. Um, I happened to drink that over the weekend. Oh, you did? I was up till 5 in the morning because I had the most hardcore sugar buzz ever. <laughs> it was pure. It was like pure cane sugar. You like, were not no, a lot of sugar. Fake label. I was just like... Ah! It was actually delicious, but thank you very much for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, and uh, everybody out there in uh, podcast land, please send good vibes. We are hoping to close out the Betting on Baker distribution company this month. Our goal is to actually month, sign huh? the deal this month, and then things get really exciting. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. Well, good luck with that. Thanks, dog. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fresh Talk Podcast. Oh, and if you're listening to this, send us a tweet yep. at Fresh Talk Pod. Yep. Or send us a tweet uh, at Spoonie DX or at Army of Freshmen. Tell us what musical act is still alive 
that you haven't seen that you'd like to see? I'd like to know what the listeners say. I'd like to like like well, you know who who wants to see somebody and they haven't seen him and they know it's time to see him. I'd be interested to see what people have to say about that. Yeah, you got a week. Maybe if we get some good responses, we'll read them on the next uh, show. No, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll All pick right. the best one. We'll pick the best. I haven't seen it and the worst because you know that one guy's going to say something. What was that terrible band he was talking about? He was like, "I can't wait." Disturb oh, record of the year. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're really catching hell for that. I love hating that guy. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's a nice dude. dude. Yeah, totally. All right, everybody. Um, uh, Poo the bossa nova.